and welcome back to Welfare, the running podcast with me, Amy Lane. Now, this is a very special episode because it is supported by Adidas and their new Solar Glide 5 shoe, which is a stable all-rounder with superb energy return tailored for the female form. Is there anything worse than the feeling of your sportswear just not being quite right? Your sports bra chafing your armpits as you run? Or that dawning and painful realisation that your kit is too tight and there isn't enough chafe cream in your running pouch to save your skin on the long run home? It's not fun or conducive to beating a PB. For far too long, women's needs have been disregarded when it comes to sportswear design and our track record in sharing the same platform as men in sports, running and beyond, has similarly disappointing figures. Adidas recognises that there is a great disparity between the support male and female athletes get, and that's why today they've given me the opportunity to invite on two amazing guests to help us talk through some of the social and technical considerations for women in running and what the future holds. So let's crack on with today's show. So today for this special show, I have two guests with me and I can't wait to welcome them onto the show. So Georgina and Laura, welcome to Welfare. Lovely to have you on. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Fab, starting with you, Georgina, please can you give us an introduction to yourself and why this topic resonates with you as an Adidas run coach? Yeah, of course. Hi, I'm Georgina. I'm a coach for Adidas Runners London. And my journey into running began with Adidas Runners. And soon I found the women's only run and the women's studio that we have in Brick Lane and being surrounded by just a positive, encouraging environment really helped me feel like I have a safe space to progress in my fitness, progress in my training, progress in my run, and really enjoy the fact that all abilities and all levels are welcome. It must be really motivating to be immersed in such a tight-knit community of women runners. Absolutely. I guess being a part of a community makes training, makes navigating through difficult times and and enjoyable times so much easier and so much more enjoyable. And it really highlights the fact that, you know, fitness and running and training doesn't need to be hard or a chore when you're surrounded by people to push you forward. I totally agree. And I bet it's something that our other guest, Laura, totally agrees with. So, Laura, you founded the Women's Run Collective, Lazy Girl Running, with a belief that running can be fun for everyone, including complete beginners, which I'm, I'm so passionate about that topic, actually. And since then, you've been coaching run groups, you've created training guides. I know you work with athletic bodies. So can you give yourself a bit of a better introduction than I've just done? Yeah, thank you. That always sounds better when other people introduce you and you think, wow, did, have I really done that? Yeah, I started running as a complete beginner in 2008. And once I'd kind of got confident, I think, you know, it's great that there are so many running groups and, and clubs and collectives out there now. 2008, it was quite a different landscape for runners. And for me, there was only really traditional club settings. And 
I didn't feel comfortable at that time going into that. So that's what led me once I got more confident in my ability running and I had joined a club to then go back and think, well, when I was a beginner, what did I want? What sort of support and environment would have appealed to me? And that's why I set up Lazy Girl Running, which we're not, it's it's not just inclusive of beginners. Beginners are the starting point. So everything is kind of tailored for beginners and then the improvers go on from there. So yeah, that's kind of, I've, I qualified as a coach and now I also teach people to become run leaders on behalf of England Athletics. And I'm particularly keen to get more women to be run leaders. I think maybe we don't have as much confidence to stand up and say, I'm going to lead people and teach them how to run and, and become coaches. So that's something I'm passionate about as well as leading runners myself and and my run groups are are women only because I think women need that specific space just for them and and I really enjoy working with women well you've nicely set up my first question actually about why we run and so for me like running has been many things over the years but it's always been this circuit breaker or this giant pause that I like to put in my day it's the thing that kind of helps me get away from life's pressures both like in my house and in my head so I can be I don't want to say a better person but I would say a more balanced person it really helps me keep on top of keep on top of my emotions I would say so Question to both of you, maybe Georgina will start with you. Why do you run? What is your reason to put on your trainers and get out there and go for your runs as opposed to your runs when you're coaching other women? It's funny how you say uh, it helps you become balanced. For me, I would say it does a similar thing, but really with an outlook on life, like as a whole. So for me, I started running as a means to obviously get fit but when I started back in 2018 I was very anxious and nervous of being seen outside and you know being mocked or ridiculed I've had runs that lasted literally two minutes because I was afraid of of that so I guess for me running was a means to to break past that fear barrier and there's just a whole world that kind of opens you into and it takes you into looking life so much more differently than just a time on a watch. I think that will resonate with a lot of a lot of women listening in and men actually. We've got definitely got some men who love to tune into the show, but it's often those kind of like those barriers to running, whether they're mental, whether they're physical, that stop a lot of women getting into running. Um, And I was looking at some data actually about the difference between how often men and women regularly exercise at the moment. And Sport England found that 39% of women aged 16 or over are not active enough to get the full health benefits of sport, whereas 35% of men, 5% are. So there's already that, there's that difference between men and women getting out of the house and managing to kind of complete their weekly activity quota. And I know that, Laura, you work with Run Equal that tries to kind of like narrow the gap bring down the barriers so more women can be active and there's obviously the other campaign this girl can so I think we should start by like doing a, de- a bit of a deep dive into that and understanding what's stopping women getting out 
there and running and what what are these big inequalities in sport which are stopping us hitting our kind of our activity levels each week I think that from the women that have been coming to my running groups over the past nine years a lot of it is opportunity to get out so because I deal specifically with women a lot of them have children so in my household it's very much a a 50-50 split of that responsibility but that's not the case for everyone we know that women do take on the lion's share of caring responsibilities whether that's caring for their own their children or other caring responsibilities they have they might work jobs that are more outside of the nine to five there's the safety aspect of if you are trying to fit in running around a job or around other things sometimes the only time is maybe once it's dark and then they don't necessarily feel confident to go out periods pregnancy, menopause. We know these things don't have to stop us, but they don't make it any easier to get out the door and run. There are those things that women have to deal with biologically or social constructs that are making it harder. So it's not surprising that though to me that there is that gap in participation, but it doesn't mean that we should accept it. And part of the equality in in women's sport is helping women have those tools or that space or what can we do to help you be active yeah I totally agree I've realized that actually as I get older it feels that there are more barriers to me doing exercise rather than less um which I didn't think there would be because if anything my life feels more organized than it did it, it, more organized in my 30s than it did in my 20s um when I was all over the place but I managed to fit in exercise back then whereas now it is it is a struggle and it you know it is those life pressures which you know I'm very grateful for and I've chosen but yeah it, it's tough to get out the door Georgina one of the things that you mentioned when you were talking about why you run was the fact that you know it was pushing past this perception of not almost feeling like a runner in the beginning and you you were you were worried about what it looked like you spend a hell of a lot of your week with a lot of other runners coaching at that as part of your adidas coaching gig what do these women tell you about what's you know their barriers to activity and what stopped them becoming a runner before they found your run group yeah a lot of the reasons are are similar to what Laura was mentioning earlier, but adding on the extra layer of when you do start running, I think every runner has that experience where they go through a f- period of time where they stop, and building that motivation is difficult again, and especially with women. You know, during the summer months when the the days are longer, it's easier to get that run and exercise in. And as winter starts creeping up, then a lot of the women that I've come across fall back. The, The days are shorter and it's hard to go outside by yourself and and run. I mean, it it shouldn't be, but a lot of women find that difficult. And then you you almost find yourself starting once it gets back to spring and January from from square one, even though technically you're not because, you know, your muscles are conditioned, but the mindset is there like, oh, I haven't been running for several months. Now I have to start again. And that starting again is almost as more difficult than starting period, really, from my experience as well. So it's it's that kind of opportunity and 
and mindset and motivation combined that makes it kind of extra challenging, especially since that, you know, a lot of women have other commitments and priorities and sometimes the first one to go is is our own fitness once we've got like work family and home commitments you know well I had I put the same question out on Instagram and I said I said to my audience and said to the community like what does what does it mean to be a female runner like what holds you back what barriers are there and I would say about 70% of the answers there was a few hundred response the responses to the question in my stories which was brilliant but sadly about 70% of those was women saying that they don't feel safe to run in the UK a lot of the time because of the daylight saving. So during those months when it is really dark, they don't feel safe. But even in the summer months, they don't feel safe being out on trails by themselves. They don't feel safe being in the woods by themselves. And that's actually something which I can totally relate to because I live a seven minute drive from the most beautiful woods. And I'm so grateful. And every time I go there, it feels like it really refills up my cup again. I love being there. And I go a lot with my husband, but I would never go and run there by myself purely because there isn't enough phone signal. So if I got into any trouble, I wouldn't even be able to call for help. So that safety aspect is definitely such a big barrier for women at the moment. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's why a lot of groups, communities being surrounded by people, especially with women only groups is you have the motivation from each other, but also a a safety in numbers. So, you know, should something happen or, you know, you need to, you need other people around, maybe you injure yourself on the trails or something. It's, it's easier to, to do when you're with other people than when you're alone. And likewise, I've explored trails and new routes that I haven't before within those groups. So I, it really highlights the value and importance of, of having them. And we know that obviously safety isn't just an issue for women. It is an issue for men as well. But, you know, sadly, it is women that suffer from catcalling and sexual harassment. It's, it's prevalent for women, isn't it? And you know, in the Runners World Reclaim Your Run survey of over 2,000 runners, 60% of the women in that survey said they had been harassed when running and 25% reported being regularly subjected to sexist comments and 11% told the survey that they'd stopped running because of the harassment. And we know it's not all men that make women feel like this. It's a situation that really does need solving. So, Laura, should we talk a bit about the initiatives and products that you might have seen that can kind of help this awful, awful issue that women runners are experiencing and that helping more women feel safer on the street? Yes, I've experienced this myself over a number of years, people shouting things out. And I think a lot of the time I can kind of put my headphones in and ignore it. And I know that some people think that putting headphones on is a, is a safety issue itself sometimes but do you then feel safe with your headphones in because obviously you're experiencing this behavior which isn't making you feel safe so then you're putting your headphones in so yeah how does that work for you yeah it's balance snacks and mainly the the so I've just moved but I was living in Hackney and I would go out at, at night when it was dark not like 
middle of the night, but you know, six, seven o'clock, that's when my partner would get home from work and I'd go out for a run and it'd be dark during the winter. So my main concern I used to think about was putting my my headphones on was could I hear cars and things like that because the, the streets were still busy. So I wasn't so worried about being assaulted. And then one day I was assaulted about 50, 100 metres from my front door, a group of four teenagers were walking the other way and one of them reached out and and groped my ass. And it was actually another male runner that said to me, I said, oh, this happened. He said, no, you were assaulted. Let's label it as what it is. That was assault. And I was like, oh, yeah. And it did make me nervous about running past that point but it was a point that I couldn't avoid going past because it was so close to my house and I would walk past it as well and and feel the same but back to the the technology and what can we do I do share my location through WhatsApp I'll share my location with my partner when I go out for a run so he can see the little dot and it reassures me well it reassures him more but I do think well if something happened that wouldn't prevent something from happening to me it's only going to tell my partner where I am if something does happen. Mm. So in terms of what can we do, there are a lot of personal attack alarms that you can use to make, you know, make a, a very unpleasant noise that will make people back off, hopefully, or alert people in the wider area. But ultimately, the responsibility shouldn't be on us to take these steps. And, and what can we do to educate young boys and then into men that this behaviour is not acceptable? Georgina, what's your kind of take on the situation? So have you ever experienced this? Or is it something that you talk about in your run groups? And how do you advise women that if they're not feeling safe, how how they can kind of improve their safety so that they can enjoy a run? Because you should be able to go on a run and feel safe enough to enjoy it. Your safety should not be at risk, nor should just your perception of it. Currently, it's just making yourself safe by sharing your location, by choosing well-lit routes, by running as a group and as a community, and also just trying because, you know, you don't want to be scared to go outside of your front door, you know. So just trying shorter routes, then maybe increasing the distance, trying familiar locations so that you know where you are before exploring outside with other people. Yeah. I really enjoy your outlook there on just cancelling the commentary of just about runners. Like people, we don't talk about people walking, you know, you go out in the street and you come home, you don't say to anybody else or you don't message anyone and say, oh, I saw somebody walking you know so why why when people are in groups or you know or just with others do they feel the need to call out other people running past them it's it is it, you know it's not strange it's just a form of movement so moving on from talking about safety to talking about our second topic of the day i really want to talk to you both about races and cross country where there's still inequality Laura, can you give us an insight into where there is inequality in cross-country and races at the moment and the knock-on effect that this is having on the general participation in those areas of running? Yeah, so I think for a lot of runners that haven't entered the world of cross-country, many are surprised when I 
would talk about the issues that many of us have with the inequality as we see it. England cross-country national championships, the men will run in 12k and the women will run in 8k. Now, for me personally, that has the message that women can't run as far as men. And however far you personally want to run, that difference does have to come with it a message. Every distance can be hard. I think we've all run a park run as fast as we can, chasing that PB and felt as tired and as drained at the end of that than we might do at the end of a half marathon. So we're not saying that one distance is more challenging overall than another. They are just different. But I think that when you're telling women, this is the limit to which you can run, and men, this is the limit to which you can run in this race, I think everyone would look at that and say, that's not quite on. I'm a mother of a boy, and I look at things also as what message this says to boys about what they should be doing. Now, when you tell women that they can't do something, you're also telling men and boys, you should do something. So women aren't competitive, men should be competitive. And I don't want my son to grow up thinking that he has to be a certain way or do certain things because he's a boy. And if we're saying that running further, that men are stronger and can run further and do this, I don't want him to have those ideas and think that actually because I don't meet these criteria, am I less of a boy? What is it to be a boy and a man? So I could go on about this for a long time. <laughs> But I think a lot of people, yeah, are surprised. And if I, if you turned up at Park Run next week and they said, oh, the women are running 3K this week, you would hear a lot about it. But because in cross country, this has always been the way, and this is one of the arguments that come back, it's tradition. It doesn't mean that it should always stay the same because if it was a new thing, people would be a lot more up in arms than many seem to be about it. I have to admit that I was very surprised when I started doing a bit of a deep dive into this subject. Um, so I wasn't aware that there was this whole kind of old world of race distance segregation happening. And I found it really surprising, and really eye opening because it just took me back to my school days. And actually during PE, there might be cross country. And I remember being like 12 and the boys having to run a further distance than the girls. So when I heard about this cross-country thing, I was like, hang on a minute, I'm in my 30s now. How is that still happening? But like you said, it's because it's just always happened. It's old school. Yeah, there's many, there's many races that are equal and there's more that are becoming equal as more people raise the issue and say, well, why... Why can't we be the same? So the World Cross Country Championships, they did equalise their distances from 12k for men and 8k for women. They met in the middle at 10k for each mm. since 2017. And Scottish Athletics, the Scottish National Championships are the same. They, men and women, run equal. English Athletics, England Cross Country National Championships are still, there's still a difference. Now, many leagues have kind of put it to their runners and the clubs that make up it and said, what do you want? And some have changed in response to that. 
Georgina, so obviously where cross-country isn't an equal playing field at the moment, I know that you're very passionate about parkrun, that is, and it obviously has done a lot for running. Can you talk a little bit why you think that is a great event for women runners? I really love parkrun. I guess one of their ethos is that each parkrun should aim for a longer average time, which means that they're getting people from a wider range of abilities into the parkrun and into taking part. So obviously getting first or getting in those top paces will be excellent, but that's excellent, you know, everywhere really. But having a longer average times means that you have more tail walkers, you have, you know, a wider variety of paces and it, it, it just makes it more naturally inclusive to be able to celebrate that. So I feel like one of the good things that they do is, is celebrate longer average times. And then naturally it opens up the, the gates for inclusivity, right? The setup is, is, is truly incredible from the volunteers that come every, every, every Saturday morning, wherever you are in the world at 9am and you feel part of this culture that, you know, is taking part 9am every Saturday, free forever. You have your barcode that works wherever you are in the world. So if you want to travel and you want to take part in a park run in a holiday near you, you have the ability to do that. And it, it makes it more exciting to, to park run tour, as they, as they call it. So try out all the different park runs in London, in the UK, across the world. And it, I guess it's, it taps into that gamification of running where you try to <laughs> capture all as many as you can. And it just brings a whole new layer into running itself, making it, dare I say it, fun <laughs> and enjoyable, really. So it doesn't need to be all hardships. As, as we know, running 5K as fast as you can can be hard anyway, but making it more interesting really does help. You mentioned that obviously they open it up to all types of runners. And one of the things I think I love about it now being a mum is the fact that you can run with your buggy. And, you know, I didn't realise how much of a big thing that is for a parent. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, being a parent, having an event where you can run with your child is so it's so brilliant because obviously you know they don't not many of them exist and there's more of them in the US and there's that amazing amazing runner that I read about a while back I think she might be called Cynthia and she ran something like a 310 or 311 marathon like pushing her three children in a push chair and you're like, she was at a race. And it's like, it can be done. Like we can be runners and be parents if you just allow us to be. And that's what I love about parkrun. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I can't wait to do this year now is take the boys in the running buggy. I'll probably just start with one and maybe the tiny one because he weighs a lot less. But that's just, just an amazing thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it makes it more, you know, of a family idea and, and, you know, getting, I guess, younger children naturally in that environment as well. And then learning from the culture that's around them. And it really opens it up, allowing, you know, 
mothers and and parents and and children to really get involved into running and removing any barrier that's preventing them from doing so. And actually bringing it back to barriers, one of the big barriers that the the lovely people who replied to my Instagram post told me about was kit. So a lot of women responded and said that it's actually the kit that really affects their experience of running, be that whether they start running or whether they're on a run, like their overall running kit, trainers and bras really can hold them back, which was nicely timed because obviously today we are here to talk about Adidas's new design initiative as well. So they have launched the new Solar Glide 5, which is their first shoe to be designed for the female foot. Now, when somebody told me that brands are finally designing kit for women trainers, I was quite surprised because I thought, well, you've always done that. I've bought a women's shoe. And then I was really surprised to learn that actually often those shoes are just a scaled down men's version and they haven't been designed for how we move as women. Georgina, I know you know more about this being part of Team Adidas. Would you would you give us a little insight into why Adidas decided to design this shoe for women? What was the problem that they identified? Yeah, I guess really this this whole campaign and the whole push to design a shoe specific for women is just to give them the most support and empower them to have their best run possible and by doing that give all women the tools that they need to be able to do so and so when you think of running you think of running shoes and like you said it is interesting that you know for so long women's shoes have been tailored with a scaled down men's shoe so not really even having the mold or the anatomy of a women's foot in mind and so now Adidas scans the feet of over 1.2 million women to kind of understand what the female foot looks like and what support that the female foot needs when running. And there were features which, I mean, wouldn't sound surprising, but it really did highlight the, the differences between a men's and a women's trainer. So in scanning the women's feet, Adidas have recognized that women have a tendency to heel strike. And if you don't have good support in the heel, that can lead to injury. And ideally, we just want women as well supported as they can possibly be for their run. So Adidas have in the new Solar Glide 5s have included a a longer crash pad, meaning that the heel extends out and it's more supported, provides more cushioning and allows women to run naturally without risk of injury. They've also made the shoe slightly narrower because they recognize that women have narrower feet. Obviously, you know, feet are unique and individual to the person. So having a mold that's based on a woman's anatomy allows for a better fit, but then also gives the freedom for women to adjust the shoe with the laces how they see fit. So instead of having to compare and tailor 
to a scaled down men's shoe, having a template that's based on a woman's foot from the get-go makes the run and the shoe much more supportive for the female athlete. And it makes sense though, doesn't it? Because if you think about all the other items of clothing we wear, like my jeans aren't just uh tailored version of my husband's jeans and the same on kind of like my other clothes don't get me wrong there are days when I definitely wear like gender neutral clothing but that's a conscious decision at the times when I want something to fit properly it's definitely a completely different design from what my husband is wearing because we've got completely different body shapes so it makes sense that actually that should be that kit should be designed for the foot that's going to wear it, not just be a a smaller take on it. Exactly. I think every foot is unique. Every shape of the foot can be different. But having a shoe that's based in the correct ballpark to start off with is is brilliant. Another thing with the shoe is that it's, it's ideal for whatever distance, whether you're doing your park runs or you're doing your marathons and half marathons it's it's kind of a a bread and butter shoe it's a shoe that kind of covers all distances so whether you're starting out in running or you're an experienced runner that's been running for several years this is a shoe that as soon as you put it on is is comfortable from the get-go really doesn't need much breaking in is well cushioned and designed to flow with the female form of the foot and support you regardless of the distance. Sounds pretty great to me. Laura, is there anything else that's happening in the industry that you think's bridging the gap between what's on offer for men and women? And and rightly so, let's be honest, like we should have all the kit that we need. It, it should be there. But let's, let's talk, let's be positive. Let's talk about the things which are happening, which are making it easier for us women runners. Yeah, I mean... If I think back to 2008 when I first went into a running shop and went, okay, I need some running kit, please. The the kind of shrink it and pink it rail that I was directed to (laughs) is quite different for now. But, But for a start, I did have to go to a specialist running shop then, whereas now most retailers will have... Um, running kit in them it's not just a niche thing so much anymore there is still I don't know how many races there are where you cross the finish line and you're handed a nice women's specific fit t-shirt I certainly haven't done any um, recently so they like to call them unisex but yeah so it's better than it was still not perfect the in terms of not so much kit but things that are aiding so there's an app called Fitter Woman. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Fitter Woman, Fitter Woman. It's F-I-T-R Woman. Yes. And that's basically, you know, we've got Strava, we've got Runkeeper and things like that. But this is one that's for women and it's kind of syncs up your period data with your training data because we know how our menstrual cycles will affect us, even if it's just from kind of feeling a bit sluggish and going, oh, I don't want to go out for run today. But maybe you've drilled down on it more and you've kind of mapped out which days in the cycle you feel more energetic and less energetic. And this kind of takes some of that guesswork out of it for you and will tell you, okay, 
go for a run today because tomorrow you're not going to want to feel. But it's not just that kind of when you're feeling more motivated and more energetic, but on a on a more serious level, there's times in your cycles. So when you're premenstrual, maybe you'll have lower energy, be less inclined or to go out running or maybe it's not a day for big workouts but around ovulation things going on with the hormones will mean that you might be more prone to injury around those dates and maybe that's not when you're doing your really hard speed work session and so it's great that you know from on the one hand I've been saying we want exactly the same as men when it comes to distance but we also are wanting let's look at the differences that do exist between us and start catering to those it's funny that you should mention that actually because I've seen in the news about a major workout platform that has just released a postpartum workout plan and everybody is celebrating it But I'm like, it should have been there from the beginning. Like we shouldn't be writing all of these headlines, celebrating these these major platforms which have got buckets of money to produce the content. You know, it's not just one person in their garage filming workout videos. They've got giant teams behind them and yet what they do for women is an afterthought. So yeah, I'm, I'm a bit like you, Laura. Women just need to be catered for and we do need our individualities recognised, but maybe we don't need them celebrated so much because they should just be thought about and catered for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's about having uh, women in the room at all levels. You know, if you concluded women to a significant proportion of your staff at all levels in an organisation, one of them would put their hand up and go, have you thought about this? (laughs) Oh my gosh, we've spoken about so much today. And I feel like we could keep talking about so many things. We could go into the gender pay gap in sports. We could go into actually how women aren't visible enough on the telly and and how lockdown affected the visibility of women's sports and what that's done for inequality but we don't have enough time so I'm going to ask you guys a couple more questions just to round off the show Georgina for everyone listening in and that is when women and men what's one thing that everyone could start doing to kind of close this inequality gap and to make running more of an equal sport I think one thing that's easy, but most people can do, is start running, if you haven't already. (laughs) And the more runners that we can get, the more commonplace it will be, and naturally that gap would lessen. We are so fortunate to be in in a time where you can type into Google and find a local running club if you want, or even just ask a friend, or find a plan, or join a group, find a community, you know, we have a wealth of resources that are available to us to get us out of the door and into running. So go out, find a plan, find a buddy, go and run and just enjoy it. I love that because it's just made me think back to Catherine Switzer and what she did for marathon running. Until that moment happened, I think a lot of women thought that they'd never be able to run a marathon or especially not 
in like a competitive raceway and so more women started running marathons and then we started seeing that actually we realized that we can do it once we see others do it it gives us the motivation doesn't it and the confidence to give it a go laura can i ask you what's a final message that you'd love to give to new runners and women pulling on their trainers for the first time about running Wow. I would say to focus on yourself, focus inwards and how things feel. And that's on several levels in terms of not comparing your times or how hard or easy you think you find it compared to others. That's focus inwards on your breathing and slowing down and being centered in your run and trying to not focus on the negative thoughts that of other people projecting onto you so regardless if that's family members said oh but running running's bad for you it's bad for your knees or people in the park shouting things out at you and focus on the reasons why you want to do it it is going to be hard and it's going to be hard for quite a while but you're doing it for a reason focus inwards on your reason and don't don't let go of that laura thank you so much for that for everyone listening in where can they can they get in touch with you and to listen to some of this advice where can the lovely welfare crew follow you yeah they can find me on most platforms i'm not a tiktoker but you can find me on instagram twitter website is all lazy girl running facebook as well so you can find me there and you can find me in women's running magazine uh, every issue as well and yeah just look up lazy girl running and most avenues lead to me fab and georgina where can the welfare crew come and run with you but also follow your journey Sure, you can find us on uh, most platforms. So Instagram, Facebook, if you type Adidas Runners, uh, we're a global community. So there's one usually in most major cities. And the Instagram page, we have an Adidas Runners global community. So you can hear the thoughts of other women and hear their experiences all over the world and how they're running journey impacts them so that's really worth a listen to you can follow me and my journey at random girl running on instagram <laughs> that's me love that handle <laughs> yeah but yes adidas runners and we have a if you're in london we have a studio as well so come find us there well thank you both so much i've really enjoyed chatting about what it's like to be a female runner in 2022 and how we can kind of like outrun that as well so thank you so much I can't wait to hopefully bump into you both in real life and actually go on a run at some point this year what a show I just want to give a huge thanks to Adidas for making this episode possible I've loved talking to Georgina and Laura all about what it means to be women in sport and running specifically. It's amazing that Adidas are creating running trainers such as Solar Glide 5, which are specifically tailored for women. And not only this, but the trainers also give superb energy, more cushioning and maximum comfort. So whether you use your energy for big runs, small runs, or even those runs when you were surprised you made it, the Solar Glide 5 will be the perfect fit for you. You can check them out for yourself over at adidas.co.uk. 
I hope you found the conversation just as insightful and inspiring as I have. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you found some of this advice helpful. And remember, if you do like the podcast, then please rate, review and subscribe. It really helps other runners find us. Plus, you can also keep up to date with other runners in our virtual crew by using the hashtag Welfare on Instagram and by joining the new Welfare Club on Strava. I look at all your posts and updates and it absolutely makes my day.